I can tell it looks like you guys are even certain that you should be here at all on a Sunday morning because you're here. But what about this? What about this is the word of God that actually God wrote this to you as well to the apostles, as well to generations and generations in the past. How certain are you that this is God's word to you? You can say you're certain, very certain. I'm, re- I'm reading my Bible every day. But if you're not applying it to your life, then you're not exactly sure. Because if God was really speaking to you and you knew it was God's word, it would be easy to live it out. Now, this message isn't a, a pound on you saying, make sure you're in the Bible and you're applying it to Scripture, even though that's important. This is more an encouraging message that to, to know with confidence, to know with certainty that what it is that God is saying to us so that when the time comes and you need it, you can apply it to your lives. So certain that when you are faced with the situation of your child, of trying to train them up in the way they should go, you're just like this because you know what the Bible says and you know where to go. Certain that when people say, hey, don't judge me, please don't judge me, or judge Christians are so judgmental, you're sure of what the Bible says because in Matthew it says, Jesus says, don't judge or you will be judged. But then you have Paul in First uh, Corinthians saying, we're supposed to judge those inside the church. Well, what does that mean? Being so sure that when, you're, when you hear about forgiveness, that you know that God truly does forgive me and that God says, if I don't forgive my brother, then he's not going to forgive me. Maybe those are things everybody's very sure of and understands, but not everybody is. We're going to start the book of Luke and we're going to look at just the first four verses. And Luke has, has written up this the, about the life of Jesus to tell his friend Theophilus, this is what Jesus' life was like. This is what he really did and what he taught. And in verse 4, you find the purpose of that book was so that Theophilus could be certain of what he heard was really true. And I want to pray and ask God that as we go through this book, as you read it in your Bible on your own, as you hear messages from the radio, that you can be certain of what you have heard so that when the time comes and you need to apply it to your life, you know it immediately and you have the courage to do that because not everything in the Bible is convenient and easy to do. So let's pray and ask God that he would help us to to hear his words as his words. Dear God, I thank you for your gospel of Luke. I thank you, God, that you, uh, Luke wrote it so Theophilus could be sure of what he heard of from the life of Jesus. I thank you, God, that we have your word and we could have that same certainty. And I pray that we would have confidence, God, that we, we would be sure that these words apply to our lives and we'd have the, the courage to live it out when the time comes. We'd have the ability to memorize it and to remember it so that we are ready when the time comes. So we're not searching frantically in the Bible to see what it says, but we know because you've already spoken to us about it. I just pray that you help us to focus on what you want us to hear. And I pray that, God, you would speak through me, that no matter what I say, God, that you would just be the one who speaks and that you would help everybody to to translate it, to hear what you want them to hear. I just ask for your blessing on this time. In Jesus' name, amen. So first of all, the book of Luke, it may may seem very obvious that Luke was the writer of Luke. I mean, if you look here, it says the book of Luke, and on each page it says Luke. But there's no exact uh, proof that Luke wrote the book of Luke. I'm not going to try to convince you that he didn't because I believe that he did. But just for just for like less than two minutes, I want to look at why he's given the credit for writing the book of Luke. In Luke chapter 1, you find the recipient is 
Theophilus. It says, I write to you an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus. And then in Acts chapter 1, verse 1, it says, in my former book, almost, how about I read it? In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. You have the same recipient in both books, which really doesn't do much to prove that Luke wrote the book of Luke. You could have just one guy writing both books. If we look a little farther in Acts, we find in Acts 16 that the writer of Acts, which I'm going to call Luke, joined Paul on a second missionary journey in Troas. The writing starts, it changes from Paul and his companions to now we and to us. And so the writer is now at least partly involved in Paul's missionary journeys in Acts, or in his second and third missionary journeys, which again still doesn't prove anything. But in 2 Timothy, you find out that Luke was with Paul at the end of his life. When he's waiting to die, it says, only Luke was with me. Now, if Luke was with him at that point, it's very possible that he joined him on a missionary journey and write in Acts, writing we and us, which means he was a writer of Acts, which means he wrote to the same recipient as Luke also. Overwhelming, not convincing, but it's, it's the truth. It's, it's more than likely that he's the one who wrote it. And the early church fathers in AD 135 have given Luke the credit for writing the book of Luke. And that's only about 75 years after the fact that Luke was written, because it was written about 60 AD. And so passed down as things were by then, it's, we're pretty confident that Luke wrote Luke. All that to say, I'm, I'm not really worried about that because God and Luke did not seem worried enough about it to say, hey, Luke wrote Luke. What I really want to focus on is, is what is the purpose of this book? I already told you, but I'd like to go over it again. In verse 4, it says, so that you may know the certainty of the things that you have been taught. So the first thing we're going to see is that people wanted to know the truth about Jesus with certainty. We can know the truth of the Bible and live it out with confidence. Luke chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. It says, Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Many people during that time were trying to be convinced of, trying to be very sure of what it was about Jesus that they heard that that was actually true. The miracles that he, he did, the teachings that he taught, the places that he went to, the fact that he died and then he rose again. A lot of people were trying to understand this is really true and they're trying to, they're trying to find out in history if this is true. Now, some people might have just been curious historians. Some people have a hobby of history. They like to look in the past and see how things really were and how did each event coincide with other events. So that's possible. Some people probably were skeptical. There's this man named Jesus. He's supposed, supposedly God's son. And he was born in a baby in a manger. And he taught these things and he did these miracles. All these things that we hear over and over and we take, yeah, it's like common knowledge. Back then... Miracles happening would first firsthand is something that it was not something that people I think readily agreed with. So I think a lot of people were skeptical, saying, "Is this really true?" Then you have those who might have heard from from somebody else little tidbits, and they weren't really sure if that's true, but they wanted to go check it out. You know, we do that too. You know, did the president of the United States really say he wasn't going to 
share his information or his plan with the media because he trusted his general? Was that true? Were the Cowboys really ranked number one on the ESPN uh, rankings, power poll, for the first time since week four of 2012? Is that true? How could that be possible? We go check out those kinds of facts, and that's exactly what they did. For whatever reason, they went and checked it out. Those people would be confident that this is exactly, whether they believed it or not, this is exactly what Jesus taught. This is exactly what Jesus did. Then it would be up to them to accept whether or not it was true. So Luke, this is what he does. He goes and he talks to the eyewitnesses of some of those events. The best people to talk to, right? The police officer, when there's an accident, he wants to talk to the people who actually saw it. He doesn't want to talk to your brother that you told or to the neighbor down the street. He wants to say, talk to you because you saw this, this accident and you're going to have the best, most detailed description of what happened. And so Luke does that. He's trying to get the complete story. He goes as far back as he can to know what Jesus' life was like. He's checking facts. He's talking to people. He gets a little bit here and he goes and talks to that person. They say, I wasn't there, but so-and-so told me about it. And he's going and he's taking lots of time to try to make sure that what he has heard is really true. There's, there's people today who are confident in what they know about God's word, that it's really true. Some of our favorite people on the radio, people on TV, Dr. David Jeremiah in a Sunday school class, uh, Nancy Lee DeMoss, my, one of my favorites, Alistair Begg. These people who are out there sharing God's word, guess where they heard it? They did just like us. They heard it from a Sunday school teacher. They heard it from a pastor. Some of them went to Bible school and they heard even more from then, from them. But that's not all they did. They sat there during church and they followed along in their Bibles. They asked questions in a Bible school or a Sunday school class. They read on their own to see what it was Jesus was really like. What events happened in the Bible? Yeah, okay, so I know Noah and the flood and this is what was all involved. They checked those things out. They didn't just say, you told me, so I'm going to accept it and I'm going to pass it on. They made sure that what they heard was really true. And we can know with certain, they're not the only people who can know with certain of what the scripture says. We in this room in, in Plevna can know with certainty that what God says, what God's word actually says and how to apply it to our lives. Through all, you know, it doesn't take, it doesn't take somebody special. The average Joe, just like me, can do this. Luke was a doctor. We, we know that from Scripture in uh, Colossians 4.14. We find out he was a doctor. He wasn't a Bible teacher. He wasn't a Bible scholar. He wasn't a teacher of the law. He was just a man who had a profession of being a doctor, which I'm not a doctor. I, I would never even pretend to even try to go that direction. But that's what Luke was. But what he did is he took the time to trace out the accuracy of what he was taught so that he could share it with his friend Theophilus. So what's keeping you from knowing God's word with confidence? Does a lack of training say, you know what, Josh, I've never been taught how to study the Bible or I never went to Bible school. It's easy for you. You're the pastor. You get paid to do those things. You know, uh, that, that could be a message all by itself or a Sunday school class or a series on how to study the Bible. And if, if anybody says, hey, I don't know how to do that, but I'd like some ideas, I'm always, I'm always love, I always love to try to 
help people. So if you ever say, hey, how do I study the Bible? What are some few simple steps that you do? And I am by no means the best. I'm not a doctor. You know, I'm not like Dr. David Jeremiah. Nancy Lee DeMoss knows more than I do. But what I do know, I can try to help you know. There's internet sources. There's sources galore of what you can actually use as tools to help yourself know what the Bible says. Uh, you, you, two of them that are come to mind is BibleHub.com or BlueLetterBible.org. Those will give you commentaries. Those will give you the Greek word and the Hebrew word and what does the word mean and how does it work in this verse? There's uh, verse comparisons. There's all sorts of things, more information than you probably want that it's available to help you understand what God's word says. You don't have to just be overwhelmed by the thought of even doing it. There's lots of people who are willing to help you. Thursday night Bible study, they discuss Philippians, right? They're, they're talking and they're conversing with each other. This is what scripture says. What do you think this means? So you guys can even look around this room and say, hey, there are people I can talk to and we can work together to see what this word, what God's word says. Maybe you think, you know what? That just sounds like an awful lot of work. I don't really want to put the time in to do that. I understand that. Not now, but when I was, when I grew up, I have a twin brother. His name is Ben. And someday, hopefully, you'll meet him. Uh, everybody's hopefully coming in July. We're going to have Christmas in July. But he was, he was one who was always reading the Bible. And I, I was like, I'm not, I don't want to put the time into it, but I'd always say, Hey, Ben, what does the Bible say about this? What does the Bible say about that? And he could tell me. Because he, he was one of those kids who'd get up like at 4.35 in the morning and read his Bible. That was not me. You know, I knew everything about the Seahawks, but I did not know near enough about what the Bible said. And so I understand that it is a lot of work. But 2 Timothy 2.15, a lot of kids probably know that one. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, who correctly handles the word of truth. Study. It's not a, an option like, hey, if you actually, if you happen to want to know this, study this out. This is saying, hey, you are supposed to study God's word to see what it says, and then you handle it correctly, and you know how to use it in your life. I'm, I'm not going to guarantee that it's easy, but the more you do it, the easier it gets. The more you see the truth of, of what scripture says, the more exciting it is, the more, I promise, the more it will spur you on to want to continue to do that. Maybe it's the belief that I can't really do that. I'm not really gifted that way. Uh, I don't feel like I can understand what God's word says. Maybe that's what's keeping you from being confident in God's word. Well, guess what? Don't try to do it on your own. Ask God for help. It says in Psalms 119, Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. When you sit down to read the Bible and you feel overwhelmed, where do I even start? And I'm reading through and I feel like the story of Jonah is the story of Jonah and I can tell little kids all day long or my neighbor because I know it inside and out. Ask God what there is in here that he can teach you. I told you guys last week, I was reading through Second Chronicles. I was looking for the facts. I wasn't even crossing my mind that God's going to teach me something applicable to my life. But he did. He said, Josh, it's important how you live your life because how you live your life is going to have an impact on other people. God can teach you with any part of his word what he wants you to know if you just ask him. You can memorize it. Oh, that's a bad word. Memorizing scripture. 
It's great for little kids because they got the, the memory bank for that. I know as an adult, it gets harder. I mean, the older I get, the harder it gets. Meditate on it. You know, if, you, if you're going to start reading the Bible, read like a chunk of four verses. Several times, different translations if possible. And just start thinking about it. Let it mull around in your mind. And I've had times where I'm working on something and I don't get it right off the bat. I mean, I'm, I'm not a genius when it comes to this. But I just keep thinking about it, and I'm laying in bed, and then all of a sudden it hits me. It's like the worst time. i got to get out of bed, write down a couple notes, and then I go try to go back to sleep. But if you just let it mull around in your mind, God will bring to you what it is that you, he wants you to know. Don't let any excuse keep you from having the confidence of what God's word. I'm too old. I'm too young. It's too much of a challenge. It's too much work. This is God's word to you like it is to me. And the better you know it, the more in tune you're going to be with God to actually be able to live it out in your life. <clears throat> so now that you, we know that uh, we, we can know God's word with confidence, it's important that we don't just keep it to ourselves. And that's Luke. He was one who did all this footwork of talking to all these people about the life of Jesus and he didn't just keep it to himself. He wanted his friend Theophilus to know that what he heard was really true. Now, his friend's name is Theophilus. It's not a name you're going to go to school and you're going to hear. You're not going to hear it at the grocery store. You're hopefully, I don't know if your kids would like to be named Theophilus. But it means lover of God or friend of God. Now, there are, there are a lot of people who, who say, hey, Theophilus, that just applies to everybody who says, I'm a, I'm a believer in the Lord. And so, um, it, and so they, they look at it that way, which could be true, but makes more sense is that Theophilus is a friend of Luke's. When it says most excellent Theophilus, that's not a term I would place on just anybody who says that they're a Christian. And I don't think they would back then. That was actually uh, a term of respect and honor that you would give to like a Roman ruler, like the like the judge. You know, you say your honor, that kind of thing. It was the same kind of greeting that you would give towards somebody else. But for whatever, for whoever it was written to, it, it applied to people. It applied to them that they could know the confidence of what they heard was true. All your favorites, Dr. Dave Jeremiah, Nancy Lee DeMoss, Alistair Begg, and the list, Charles Swindoll, all these people we hear on the radio, they didn't just keep it to themselves. They didn't just say, hey, I, I'm just filling up my, my tank here and I know exactly what God's word says and if I got in a debate, I can knock somebody out with what I know. They said, I know this with confidence and so I'm going to share it with confidence to other people. I'm going to get on the TV. I'm going to get on the internet. I'm going to share it probably in Sunday school classes, in Bible studies, even like the Bible study that we're looking through right now in uh, Sunday school, somebody said, hey, I've studied this out. The, uh, Dr. David Jeremiah, I've studied this out, and now I'm going to try to help you know God's word too. Not just so we know it, but so we can have confidence to live it out when the time comes. Now, don't worry. I'm not looking for a Sunday school teacher or for a wanted teachers or for somebody to, to take my place up here if I'm sick. Not everybody's cut out for that. Not everybody wants to get in front of people. Not everybody feels like they're capable of that. But Luke was just a doctor. He was just 
somebody who says, I know what God's word says, and I want to help my friend Theophilus know what God's word says. And we could do the same. We could, we could share with somebody, this is what, this is what, how much, how I know that God does love you. This is how I know that God will forgive you when you screwed up one more time. This is what God's word says about struggling with sin that I've struggled with and I've fought over and over. And how do, how do I handle that? You know, you know, thinking of, of sitting around drinking coffee, uh, you know, on a Tuesday morning with your girlfriends, you know, and everybody's just chatting. I know my wife used to do that. They'd get together on Fridays and, and they'd sit around and they'd talk and hopefully not about us, the husbands. But, and they, they would, they would share what they're struggling with. And now it's like you can know with confidence, this is what God's word says when you're struggling with that. Marie, you're struggling with this. This is what God's word says. And say, hey, I didn't hear it off the radio. Or if I did, I checked it out to see if it was true. In the bulletin on the bottom, it has uh, Paul was praising uh, the Berean church because they, they didn't just take him at face value for what he said. They checked out daily to see from Scripture if what he said was true. And I'd say, you better do the same for me. I am not Paul. I'm not uh, Dr. David Jeremiah, who I would say, you follow along in Scripture and make sure that what he's saying is true. But you don't have to just rely on other people. You yourself can get in God's word and say, hey, this really did happen. This is where it's located in the Bible. And then ask God to help you understand what does that mean and how do you apply it to your life? So how confident, if you're going to rate yourself on a scale of 1 to 10, how confident are you right now in your knowledge of Scripture? You might be saying, you know what, I'm about a 9. 9 being the best. You know, Josh, I've taught Sunday school I've read my Bible for forever. I grew up in a Christian home and I've gone, I've gone to church and I bet I know more than you do. Awesome. You know more than I do. That's great. If you're, if you feel that confident in scripture, great. You might be a little farther down the scale and say, well, I'm confident enough to know that if Dr. David Jeremiah said it, it's got to be true, right? Because who's going to doubt him? I'm not going to doubt him, but I still need to check and make sure it's true. Or maybe you're like, well, you know what? I'm not real sure because this is a big book and that's a lot of words. I mean, even if you write this small and you write, have a book this big, look how big that is. That's a lot of words to try to be familiar with. And you can say it's overwhelming. Maybe you're someone just not very confident. You know, I, I accepted Jesus as my Savior, but I'm not really sure why I think that? Where, where in scripture do I find that? I'm not sure. I know my, my kids or I know Awana, they're learning Bible verses, but I'm not very sure of where this is at. Maybe you're not sure about my eternal security. I know people have confidence. They walk around with hope because they know that once they're saved, they're saved. And they try to live out the Lord. And once God says, I forgive you, they're forgiven. People walk around happy knowing that God's going to love them even when they screwed up again. But how confident are you? Are you confident because somebody said it? Or are you confident because you saw it for yourself in the word of God? Do you know from scripture that God loves ISIS as much as he loves you? We as people, it's real easy to say, I, I, love, I love anybody in here more than I love ISIS. But God says, you know what? I died for them just the same as I, as I did for you. Do you know that from Scripture? Do you know that God's not going to give up on you because you screwed up again? 
Did you know that God listens and he cares about you when you feel alone or rejected or nobody likes you? What do I do when I face a temptation I can't handle? What does God's word say about that? What does God's word say about how do I determine God's will for my life, especially for junior high kids and high school kids that want to make these decisions and how do I even figure out what I'm supposed to do? How do I know from Scripture? You have access to all that in your Bible. God gave us his word. Jesus lived it out and showed us how to do it. And he doesn't keep it from us. We have copies galore. We have copies under our bed, at a thrift store, on the bookshelf, in the library, anywhere. Don't let anything keep you from looking at this as God's word. Read it. Get, Get... constantly read it just fill your fill your spiritual body full of it and god will god will teach you from it know god's word with certainty so that then you have the courage to live it out that's my challenge for us today is to know god's word with certainty with confidence so that when the time comes we have the courage to live it out we can teach other people we can uh, encourage other people but most of all that we have the the courage to live it out in our own lives. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, that you gave it to each of us. I thank you, God, that it wasn't just something that only the preacher gets his hands on or, or a missionary or, or someone as, as big as Franklin Graham. I thank you, God, that you loved each of us, that you gave us your word, and we could spend time reading it. I pray, first of all, God, that you give us the desire to read it, because, God, this is a big book. There's lots of big names and there's lots of stories that we've heard over and over. And I just pray that you would help us to be interested in reading it more and more. And as we read it, that you'd help us to know how to apply it to our lives. Just please speak to us this week when we do try to read your word. And and please just make, uh, give us a confidence in it. So when the time comes, when it's not easy to live out your word, that we'd have the ability to make the right choices and to live it out. I just pray for your blessing on us as we try in Jesus name.